Okay, what's up, everybody? We are back, finally getting episode two of the Diabeto Show out. Today, I have my first guest on the podcast, my good friend, AJ Green. Uh, I'm going to let AJ take over and talk about himself for a bit. Oh, you know, I love to talk about myself, bro. But I want to say, first and foremost, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. This is a cool experience. Absolutely, bro. Anytime. Anytime. I've never been on on a podcast before, so this is like the first experience for me. This is sweet. Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, fitness is what I do just by nature. (laughs) Basically, I grew up uh, in the gym. I come from a family of trainers. So at the age of one, I had already spent every single day in the gym. So pretty much my entire life, I've spent every day in the gym up until it was my decision. Uh, Mm -hmm. So around age 12, I started doing weight training for myself. um, And that's when my journey began where I moved away from being a child into now taking control of my future for fitness. But yeah, so I started weight training at age 12. Uh, by age 14, I had already surpassed like a thousand pound total. By age 16, I was getting qualified for the Olympic team for powerlifting for the US national team. Uh, by age 15, I kind of passed over that, but like I started doing personal training as well. So it was really like 14, 15, 16 is where everything started to hit in stride. Like I started younger than that, but that's when I really started, okay, I'm going to start exploring powerlifting. I'm going to start exploring bodybuilding and I'm going to start exploring personal training, which are kind of like three of the passions that have kept me through to today. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I'll talk first about like me as an athlete and then me as business, because I think those are two different paths, but both of them are involved in fitness. So like I was saying, like as an athlete, I was competing in like powerlifting and then I at a certain point at age 17 had like a super traumatic injury where I was like I had full paralysis so from the neck down was not able to move and I had to go through two years of physical therapy to rehab that up until age 19 and now I'm 22 so I spent the last three years kind of regaining my strength um, you know doing body composition, trying to get into bodybuilding. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm now finally at the point where I can recover from that traumatic injury and give it my all. So yeah, this upcoming year, like I have one powerlifting show and one bodybuilding show in the books. So this will be hopefully the year that I step on stage and also step on the podium for powerlifting. Dude, that's, so that's, that's, that's me as an athlete. Yeah, that's, that's the first show is the most exciting experience, dude. I remember I did my first, I'm 24 now. It'll be four, it'll be four years since I did my first show in September. And I just remember like the rush of getting on stage and like, you're only on stage, you're on stage for literally a minute, man. You do preps for 12, 16, 20 weeks, man. You get one minute, you get one minute to shine and that's your minute. And like the first show, I remember being so, so nervous getting on stage in my pose. I do men's physique too. So like it's, it's, it's turn to the front, turn to the back, mm-hmm. transition back. And like, it's, it's simple, yeah. but like, I just remember the anxiety that I got, but like, it was so, it's just like the, the whole first experience of your show, your first show is just, it's awesome. It's awesome. Minus, minus the tan part. Like I could do without having to tan yeah. for every show. Like, and, and, I the hate- wax and all that good stuff all the all the nitty-gritty yeah like like i fucking hate i hate getting tanned it's the worst feature like the first show it came off really easy by like that thursday um it was all all gone um but the, the last show the tan literally was on me for like two weeks almost i just remember <laughs> it being yeah no it just got like stuck it got stuck oh. on me 
and it was terrible. I couldn't get it off. I was an orange little Oompa Loompa for like mm-hmm. two weeks. And I was like, this is, this sucks. Um, and the tan was like, it was just like thick, mm-hmm. it was thick and nasty. So anyone doing your first show, like to be prepared to look pretty orange for a couple days and yep. embrace it. If you're super pasty, like I am, like you, it gives you a nice aftercoat after you get off but that's that's awesome dude i'm super pumped that that'll be something we touch on is like because you do our the uh federations we do is natural versus enhanced and just like the difference in preps and just like the nitty gritty because you've done two mock preps so you somewhat know what it's like to go through an actual prep and then like doing it as a natural versus someone who's done it on anabolics it's just it's completely a different experience Mm -hmm. so that'll be something we touch on a bit later Mm-hmm. but next topic um first well first i do want to get into like your actual business point the work you do with your clients and yeah. things of that nature and then we will we'll talk the the bodybuilding side sure, man. yeah that's uh that is something that i love very much like i'm a very business driven individual so like i was saying like at the age of 15 i started doing personal training which was highly illegal i wasn't certified i was just marketing to people in my high school and dude, believe it or not, I was charging people $1 a day for training programs. Or like, I was going around and I was like, hey buddy, how do you, you wanna get fit for $1 a day? You know what I mean? You just gotta give me $1 and we're good. But it worked really well, man, because by the time I had finished high school, I'd already trained like 200 people. You yeah. know, I had gotten like a vast amount of volume in training out. So by the time that I was 18 and graduated and able to get certified, like I had already had hundreds of sessions under my belt, worked with so many different types of people. Uh, and working with teenagers is not the easiest thing in the world either. No, I mean? it's it's someone who does have a training background, having trained a few teenagers and the extent of your programs, like you did it under your own self. So like you could write a nutrition plan, like you control more very you could control more variables. Mm-hmm. I couldn't control anyone's variables because doing it in a corporate structure was yeah. highly illegal. If I, I could add, give them advice and the only legal advice I can technically give someone is follow the RDA recommendation of eat 2000 calories a day. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I would then kind of skew, I'd be like, uh, make sure you're getting plenty of protein in like, here's a list of foods. I can't give you ounces. I can't give you grams. I can't give you anything. My recommendation is consider your protein as a majority of your calories and eat 2000 calories because that's the only way I couldn't legally get in trouble. Yep. Yeah, man. No, totally different being in a corporate structure versus a freelance structure. Yeah. I, now that I'm, I'm not in a corporate structure, I'm still in a private facility, but we'll get to that in a bit. So like just going through the progression of it. So I'd finished uh, high school at 18. Then I kind of traveled the country for a little while doing mm-hmm. freelance work for personal training. And using my personal personal relationships, I ended up training some Olympic athletes, ended up training some professional athletes, which was super cool. So like I was 18, freshly certified and already in the NBA and NFL circuit. Mm-hmm. So that was like more than I've ever dreamed of accomplishing at that time. So that stuff was a great experience, but ultimately it boiled down to being inconsistent and unstable. So as in freelance work was really, really fun but I didn't have the business and marketing skills that I do today to be able to actually thrive in that business. So Mm -hmm. ultimately it bottomed out. So I transferred from the freelance world into personal training at the athletic club that I work at now. And a little side story as well. Like I had started working at that athletic club in 2014, folding towels. And eventually I had climbed the ranks over the years where like I went from one department to the next, to the next, to the next, all with higher paying jobs and more responsibilities. 
So then when I finished my freelance work on that I was doing on the side, I started personal training at the club and that's where things really started to take off for me. And I started getting into those like 30, 40, 50 sessions a week, having 20, 30 clients on payroll and really pumping out the high volume in the club setting. And again, you know, over time I build myself up and now I'm the fitness director of that club. So now I oversee all the training sessions. I oversee all of the paid programming. Um, and I'm a crucial, I would love to say I'm a crucial element in why our club succeeds. Yeah. yeah. So like I got to start from folding towels, training for a dollar a day to now being the youngest director we've ever had over by two decades. Like I'm 20 yeah. years younger than my predecessor and I have broken all of the records that our club holds and literally within, since I've been in that position, like I have maximized our revenue by like over 400%. So Fuck like, yeah crushed it crushed it yeah yeah absolutely so that's that's the business aspect and then i also do freelance online training on the side as well that i made sure it doesn't conflict with my non-compete because i have a non-compete for the club but i do online training and same thing now i use my business marketing skills to promote myself online and still help people just through a different avenue that i think is more accessible right because we're able to market to people that are beyond our member base because the way that we do it at the club is everybody who is a member um, is able to do personal training because it's a member exclusive amenity versus being online. It's like I can market to everybody in the world. You know what I mean? There's yeah. the world's my oyster. That's the great. Yeah. That's the greatest part about social media has its, it's good things. It's bad things, but like mm -hmm. the online marketing aspect, especially like anyone in the fitness world too, like it's, it's however you choose to take it. Like you control, you write your own story with, with how you market yourself and like you are your own biggest asset and you are your own biggest enemy when it comes to marketing yourself and and your and your knowledge and like yeah that's the biggest thing and like we can we can get into the online coaching and almost just like trying to help people out online because there's so many great individuals that like have amazing content pages where the knowledge is so so deep you have guys like uh joe bennett uh john jewett uh there's just like so many and that's just like two people that's yeah. just like, yeah like the list is huge and like so a lot of the stuff that you do see online is just recycled material like mm -hmm. and it's just you're just seeing it from someone else's voice it's then like that's the that's the amazing part about like marketing yourself is you have to have your own unique flavor almost like mm -hmm. you yeah. have to bring something to the table that someone is not bringing to the table exactly. which is like the that's the hardest part it's mm -hmm. just like because anyone can any honestly fitness is it is a very black and white thing whether i like to say it or not if you are someone that wants to get in shape it is so black and white you need to move more and eat less that's just how it is and at the same time though there is so much gray matter in that aspect mm -hmm. like because someone who is i don't know if you look at body someone who's the greatest bodybuilding coach in the world mm -hmm. honey rambob per yep. se i thought i was gonna say yep. great great with bodybuilders average person shit's not working that's yeah. just probably how it is. So like, it's creating your own, it's like when you get into that gray matter, yeah. how do you find who you are almost as an online fitness coach or just like a nutritionist in general, someone that's helping the population with yeah. their health and fitness is like, how do you find your niche in the gray matter Dude, for so the people that, that you want to help? It's a very interesting thing that you say that because when I first did freelance training and I was trying to market myself, I was trying to market myself as the trainer's trainer. And like, ultimately, that's the type of stuff that I love. 
like I love all the nuanced. I love the, the latest scientific information coming out. I love looking at clinical studies and like making recommendations, blah, blah, blah. So like I wanted my purpose to help personal trainers advance their skill set to be able to take on more clients easier. But this is what I realized is a lot of the time people who are in those positions, right? Trainers who have already established themselves and whatnot, that is a very small percentage of the population. And oftentimes those people are so driven and motivated that they don't really need too many, too much help or too much resources. Mm-hmm. They're looking to people like John Jewett. They're looking to people like Joe Bennett. You know what I mean? Which is, which is phenomenal, right? Those, in my opinion, that's like the trainer's trainer. You yeah. know, people that are like really sharing that information. So this second time around, like I rebranded myself to be specifically for people that are getting into exercise, which in is such an interesting because I never thought that I would be marketing towards beginners because I was like, oh, dude, everyone does that. I was like, everyone does that. Such a, such an easy gig. You know what I mean? But it's, I realized like those are the people that really need it the most. Yeah, I was about I to say that. I can really help them. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the population. That's a majority of people that are getting into health fitness is mm-hmm. people who have no idea what to do, have yeah. no clue. And they're just like, how do I start? Where do I start? What do I do? Do I do this? Oh, I read this. Oh, I read that. It's just like my best advice to anyone who's just getting into fitness, not in the sense of just like, I'm trying to pack on as much muscle as possible. I'm trying to do X. I'm trying to do Z. They're Mm -hmm. just like, man, I just want to get healthier. I want to lose a couple of pounds. Don't like, there are so many people like, don't read it. Don't read about anything. Don't try to do it on your own. Go hire someone. It is so worth the investment to go hire someone, hire someone that has the knowledge because at the end of the day, even the best of the best have a second set of eyes. You need a second set of eyes because I have, I have friends. They're just like, Oh, why don't you prep yourself for shows? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? One? Um, I need that second set of eye. I mean, like if I don't have the second set of eyes, I start second guessing myself so much. And like, I am again, my biggest asset and then my own worst enemy. And in this case, I would hundred percent be my own worst enemy. And the other thing is like, I body build. So like, I need, like, there are just so many little, little things that I need that are, are the general population doesn't have to worry about. But like the point is go hire someone, go hire someone. It is worth the investment. Your health is the biggest investment you can make in yourself. It's the biggest investment you can make in yourself. So like your physical health, you want to live longer, get healthier, eat better, sleep more, recover better. Like that's just, it's such an underrated thing. And something that like always has been like a big driver of mine is just like, at the end of the day, I'm not saying like, I am literally the picture of a bodybuilder in the sense of I eat oatmeal, I eat whey protein, I eat right before this. chicken, I yep. eat rice, I eat beef. Yep. Now that works for me. A little like the same shit day in and day out is something why I love bodybuilding yep. is why I love what I do. Mm-hmm. It is I get to do the same shit day in and day out and it works for me. For the mm-hmm. average person though, that doesn't work. Not People get close. tired of their food. And like, it is then, and like, this is another thing. There are so many great pages out there to where I do say like, at the same time, you should do a little bit of reading Mm -hmm. and a little bit of investigating because like you can find some really good creators who create these super unique meals and these super like awesome, awesome, like different, just like, so your food's not bland at the same time. Cause that's like, that's, that is the hardest, that's the hardest part of health and fitness is the diet aspect. Because if your diet is on point, makes makes life so much easier yeah. just in like all aspects of your life become significantly easier at that point mm-hmm. 
Dude, we steam we steamrolled through two things that I'm like a massive proponent of. Like number one, you're talking about health being the best investment that you can do for your future self. Like that's quite literally my business slogan. Like my business slogan is you do things that your future self will thank you for. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? like, like that's like the biggest you're going to plant the seed today and you're going to reap the benefit of it tomorrow. I so, will tell you if you are someone that, you know, choose choose that investment choose the wasting i mean we're all guilt we are all guilty of it and it is and it's just like what's going on in your life too makes it hard sometimes i 100 get that mm -hmm. like there are just some times where there's like i physically do not want to exercise because my brain and just my body everything is working against me 100 i get that mm -hmm. but there are times in your life to where like i will t i don't know how to word this without sound like an asshole but there are times in your life where you just have to just put the phone down and go on a fucking walk. Mm -hmm. There are times where you just have to put down the shitty fast food yep. and eat the fucking chicken breast or chicken thighs and rice. And I'm sorry, that's so black and white. And I sound like an asshole, but that's the honest to God truth. Do you, do you want to know the way that I approach the world and like a recommendation that I give to all of my clients? Yeah. Is, it sounds counterintuitive, but often the things that are hardest for you to do or the things that you need to do. Yeah. You know oh, I, mean? I love that saying. Like, dude, it gets it keeps me awake at, I mean all the time like it's the things that are hardest for you to do are oftentimes the things that you need to do the most. Mm -hmm. So like we're talking about being in a bad place mentally or physically and we're like, you know, I need to do this thing but I don't feel strong enough to do it. That process is what fitness is all about is overcoming your obstacles and staying disciplined to the course. Yes. That is that is the point of it all. And opinion. I and I will tell everyone after you do this, you will thank yourself so much. And like that's so where funny. that's yeah, you start thanking yourself. You're just like, oh, I'm so fucking proud of me that I did that. I'm like, good job, you. And like, like, like that's all you really need. Like, you don't need you don't need that 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 uh you don't need someone else telling you that. It's mm -hmm. nice when you have that, but at the same time, like yeah, like like when it comes from within, you actually like do something that you set out to do. That's the most satisfying feeling. And like yeah. that's a big thing, like why I'm very into health and fitness and like all this, because like it is it is a me versus me thing at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh and, like that's the biggest entirely, thing. Entirely. Entirely. And it's like, like it's, when people can't understand that, that's that's one of the first things that I try to teach people is like, listen, in fitness, just just in life, everyone loves to compare themselves against each other. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. by human nature, biologically and physiologically, like that's how we survive is like we look at threats or we look at others and we say, how do I compare against this person? How do I not compare against this person? Like literally from a psychological standpoint, that's how we develop our sense of self. Right? Yeah. But in fitness, it's such a unique thing because you shouldn't really give a shit who's next to you or in front of you or beside you or behind you. Who cares, right? Because ultimately what they're doing doesn't affect you whatsoever. It's all about what you are doing. Mm -hmm. So like it is the whole you versus you thing that I absolutely love and that I try to, you know, really hone in on people is like it only matters what you do and all you have to do is do better than you did yesterday. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. You are walking your walk. And when so, you learn how to walk your walk, yeah, that's where you will most like, that's where you, that's where yeah. you fucking like, you can really fucking get after it then. And this is, and this is a part of my personal development is like looking at my, my story over time is like when I started being that trainer's trainer and I was really trying to do that, I have like all this understanding of like these super complex novelties and, you know, like theories and whatnot. 
But I realized that shit doesn't help people. What helps people is you take like, this is one of the greatest skills in my opinion. It's like you take these high complex ideas and theories and you boil them down to something that everybody can understand and something that everybody can apply in that very moment. Like yeah. that's one of the greatest skills in my opinion of a great communicator. And that's something that I strive to do is like, all right, I try to take shit that you can get lost in like the nuances and to say, Hey, do this. Don't do that. Boom. Yeah. Do make it. Yeah. Make and it that's, something. that's, that's where, yeah, that's where I say like fitness is very black and white then because mm -hmm. like, yeah, you make it. Yeah. Like you make it, you make it simple and it makes it so much easier. And there is that, like, again, there is that gray matter, but mm -hmm. it's figuring out how to make it black and white. Yes. And staying yes, yes. So much, it's staying like, we all know it is, it is black and white when it comes mm -hmm. to gaining weight or uh, sorry, gaining muscle, losing weight. It is very black and white. You need to yeah. eat more. Uh, you need to be in a surplus calories to gain muscle, um, yeah. to lose weight. You need to be in a deficit. Like that's a law of thermo thermodynamics that you cannot get yeah. around. Yeah. At the same time, there are gray matter. There's gray matter in that. And it's figuring out the gray matter is the hardest part. And when so, you figure out the gray matter and you figure out your groove inside the gray matter, you're golden. Yeah, dude, that's actually one of the campaigns that I'm running right now is I'm giving away free resources to everyone on social media. And the entire entirety of the resources is finding out how to use resources, which sounds so stupid, but like quite literally, I'm trying to teach people like this is, we live in information overload, right? Everyone for across every industry, we live in information overload. Yeah. But like, I want to give everyone the tools to be able to decipher the bullshit themselves and decide what's applicable to them. What's not, you know what I mean? Cause everyone is one of one. Everyone is in a unique position for themselves. So like, rather than say like, we can go black and white and we can give definitive statements and a yes, like a hundred percent. But I think one of the most valuable things is giving people the lens to look through. You know what I mean? If like, mm -hmm. as we know, we can go online as fitness professionals, like we can go online and we can decipher, Hey, this applies to me. This doesn't apply to me. Like, it's like that within the first. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, it's super easy, but not everyone understands that. And it's because of marketing. It's because of the information overload that people get lost in the bullshit. And then when you get lost in the bullshit, it makes it very hard to take action. It makes it, yeah. if you can't take action, the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's like exactly. that's, that's one of my campaigns right now is literally just trying to be like, okay, here's free resources and here's free resources that are going to take you to where you want to go. And here's also how you decipher the resources to decide if it's free or not. Yeah, exactly. Which sounds sounds easy, but was so so crazy to create that type of uh, campaign. That was so interesting. Yeah. Okay. The next thing I do want to get into mm -hmm. is the natural bodybuilding versus enhanced bodybuilding. Yeah. So let's just run it. Like let's just get right into it. Yeah. As someone who is doing this process naturally, what's the hardest thing for you? time and patience and consistency if i yes. could give three variables that's what it is like in my opinion if we had to boil it down to a black and white statement it would be the difference between enhanced and natural is that natural takes a longer period of time you, you have to be more consistent than you would if you were enhanced and in the sense of like when you're when you're using anabolic compounds processes are going to occur more naturally are they're going to occur more rapidly faster they, yeah, yeah exactly. it happened faster. And when I say the consistency part, I'm saying like when you're on certain anabolics and it depends on what level of an athlete you are, right? 
but I'm assuming that we're talking to most people that are recreational amateur rather than professional. Because a professional, everything's got to be perfect. You know, natural or enhanced, everything has to be 100% mm-hmm. on, on the money to be at the professional circuit. But to be in like an amateur circuit, like you can get away with certain things being enhanced because you have those compounds that are help pushing things along, basically, just yeah. to summarize. That's... But like, yeah, but when you're natural, it's like you, even if you miss a little bit here, miss a little bit there, you're going to see those differences more on stage. Yes, 100. Like you, you hit the nail right on the head. As someone who... Like it, it depends on the level you are asked to then um, as enhanced as someone who is enhanced, it beca- depends on the level, how long you've been on it. There's mm-hmm. so many variables that go into it, but yeah. that's the, that's the main, the main, you hit the nail on the head. That's, the um, that's yeah. That's the main three is just like time, patience, and consistency, because mm-hmm. like you do get that little room for error. I will say this, you are one of uh, a few people I know who does not like, like to play the card of, Oh, well he's enhanced. That's why he's better than me. Because so many people want to play the card of he's enhanced. That's why he looks better than me. I will tell you that is bullshit. That's such bullshit. You will get average guys in the gym who are on gear who Uh look like shit. And the reason they look like shit is because gear is, uh, I said on the first episode, I think it's 5 to 15% of the equation. 15 Mm -hmm. if you are a hyper responder and you are an absolute genetic freak. You are the Ronnie Coleman of the world. You are the Phil Heath of the world Mm -hmm. to where – like you are naturally, you look like a freaking, and that is the smallest that's, of percent. Less than this. You can't even see it when you're looking at the pot. Exactly. No. To most people, it is a 5% of the equation. Your diet, mm-hmm. your training, your recovery, and all those little variables mm-hmm. come before the anabolics. Exactly. The anabolics are just pushing, they then enhance it's those the other variables. It's the cherry on top. Exactly. It's the best way to put it. It's the cherry on top. So and- if you are if you are someone out here who sees this, and says that's the reason why this guy's better than me. That's bullshit. Fucking work a little bit more. Yeah. Get up and work a little bit more. Go and, look at your programming. Look at your recovery. Look at everything that you were doing. Look at your diet day to day. What are you doing to make yourself better as an athlete? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are the questions you need to be asking instead of why exactly. does this person look like that? Like I, I, I always I follow the rule of thought. You know what I mean? Where in the sense of like we just talked about it. Why would I be comparing myself against somebody else? Their entire situation, different genetics, different training history, different goals, different all the whole thing. So it's like one, I'm never the person to compare myself against anybody else, regardless. That's never something that I do. Like I make it a rule in my mind that I quite literally never compare myself against another human being. The only person that I compare myself against is myself. Yeah, that's, that's you, a rule that like I live by. So it's a one. you versus is a you versus you. Was I better than I was yesterday? Exactly. Or like, like when you lay your head down on the pillow at the end of the night is damn, did I do enough today? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's cliche and I get it. It's a cliche statement to say all these things. hundred percent cliche bullshit motivation. Doesn't always work yeah. for everyone. I get it. This podcast, other videos, David Goggin videos, fucking all those, all the motivational videos may not work for you. They may work for some of you mm-hmm. at the end of the day, though, a lot of the stuff that is coming out of people's mouths who are trying to motivate is hundred percent true. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's very, very true. Yeah. And this, and this just works for me. This just works for me. And if people exactly. can benefit from it, phenomenal. You know what I mean? But this, yeah. I'm just speaking my personal truth. That's how I see the world. But you were talking to about um, looking at other people versus enhanced and not enhanced as well. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole another thing is like, I always see it as somebody's decision. So like you were talking about how I don't shit on people for being enhanced. Because like a lot of natural bodybuilders shit on people heavily for being enhanced. And I've never done that because I've always said, you know what? Like that is a decision that they're willing to make with their health. 
I'm not willing to make that decision. That conversation ends right there. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's their life. It's their health. They can do whatever the fuck they want. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Exactly. And like, I don't want to do that. And they do. And that's, that's not saying that they are taking an easy route. That's not saying that they're making a bad decision. It is everyone's own decision. I try not to judge other people for what they do, you know? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. I think that's, that's the best, best way to put it is that it is your own decision at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, you could be someone that looks absolutely fantastic naturally Mm-hmm. The minute you stick a compound in your ass or the minute you take a, a pill that's supposed to, you know, help you get a little bit leaner may not sure. help the other day yeah. may not help may make your physique look like shit. Like, mm-hmm. like that's the, like, usually that's not what happens, but mm-hmm. it could happen. And it's, yeah. and it happens to people to where like, they're just like, huh, you look, this, what are you running? How much are you running? You're yeah. running this you buddy. And like, I, I actually, I, like I had friends, I had friends who, who literally thought like I did my first show natural. I basically did do my first show naturally, except for the last like six weeks. And I took like a minute, minute, I took two oral compounds, which are nothing. But mm-hmm. my second show, like a lot of people were just like, oh shit, like you're doing something there, big guy. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah, yeah. You got that yeah. right. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not like, I'm a fully transparent person. Like, yeah, I believe you have to be truthful with that stuff i don't get why you would lie about it like and just because i do it like and and people also have this idea of just like oh just because you do it why aren't you bigger why aren't you this why aren't you that Mm. sorry (laughs) i'm I'm trying to be like i'm doing my best pal i'm doing my best yeah yeah like seriously so so this goes into something else that i think is extremely important when we're talking about the use of compounds as well is this like a consistent thing for the last like 10 minutes right is don't compare yourself to others and like the same thing applies to compounds is like don't mm-hmm. please for the love of god if you are somebody listening to this and you are considering it please do not base your cycles and usages off of other oh yeah work for one person may not work for you it, I might, will... it may not but please for the love of god don't do that i will never share a dose unless it's like i've had three coaches um to prep me for show or three coaches that I've worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, I share my cycles with them because mm-hmm. they're trying they're to coach. get a basis. They're my coach though. Mm-hmm. It's someone just came up and asked me, Hey dude, how much test did you take? Hey dude, how much, uh, Anavar did you take? How much Winstrol did you take? I'm never going to tell you my yeah. God. No, I'm not going to yeah. tell you. It, it serves no purpose. No, it doesn't because you're just like, Oh, I'm a copy. I'm a Actually, copy what you did. That's, that's a terrible form. idea. Terrible yeah. idea. Like, yeah. and you have no, like, you have no idea how much you, it is so much of a like guessing game with, with Annabelle. And that's the day. so that is the danger as someone who is taking steroids. That is the most dangerous game is like doctors are not prescribing me this stuff. I'm doing it out of my own risk. And like, yeah. Yeah. it's a very scary thing because I'm playing this guessing game and like, I'm some, I have type one diabetes. I'm already missing a vital organ. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, need to be, I, I don't need to be on extreme. Like someone, yeah, I, 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 I was talking to someone. Yeah, someone was asking me, they were like, would you ever do open bodybuilding? I was like, no, I would have to get way too big, way too much anabolics. I would die. I would 100% die. I'd be yeah. dead. I'd be dead by 35. 35. Almost. I'd be dead in the next 10 years. I was like, I do what I do, men's physique, for a reason. I'm also someone that gets off the, off my compounds. Mm-hmm. I've been off for the past uh, year and a half. And it's... And, and it's- I made and I did, and I made tremendous growth. Like, like did yeah. like a seven-week mini cut. I made tremendous growth because my my... My diet, my my training was pretty much on point all the time. And my sleep, my recovery, all these other factors that are more important than the steroids were, yep. on, were on point. 
and you had a realistic talk with yourself and you looked in the mirror and you saw what you can do and what you can't do. Like yeah. that's, that's another thing. Like for me, like I want to compete in classic and eventually move to open because for my body, it agrees like nobody's business. Like I have a very easy time putting on muscle and putting on overall mass. Like it's very consistent that I can put on like 10 to 20 pounds of muscle per year, like naturally, you know, so yeah. like for my body, it's phenomenal. I can, I can do that. Right. But like, you have to have that conversation with yourself of like, okay, what can like, what are the limits that I can push my body towards? Or at least what do I expect that I can push my body towards? And like, what are my strengths and weaknesses? Like, for example, I could never compete in men's physique because for me, like, I, I think quite literally, like I would never be able to get those proportions, that V taper, the waistline mm -hmm. being brought in as well. And then I think just through all the years of training where I'm at right now, like I am probably leaning closer towards open and classic than I am at physique. And I still have X amount of years left ahead of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it's just learning, learning your body, right? Having that realistic talk with yourself. And again, because we're one of one, you should be able to do those things. You shouldn't be able to look at, look at someone else and be like, oh, that person's doing open bodybuilding. I should do open bodybuilding. It's like, no, that may work for that person, but that may not work for you. And actually that might, going towards that goal might actually screw up everything you've been working towards. As someone who does men's physique, the only thing I could up myself to is classic because like I'm someone who has smaller, yeah, yeah. smaller trunk. I have really long legs, really long arms. I can put on a bunch of size. Yeah. I also have extremely wide and broad shoulders and I already have huge, huge lats. It's just like, since yeah. I started bodybuilding, I was like, you should do men's physique. You'd absolutely kill it. Like, and when yeah. I first yeah. got into it, I thought I was getting my pro card by the time I was 21. I mm -hmm. got a real slap to the face when I did my first show and I got fucking last place. I was like, Oh God, this, this, this is, this is a lot more than I thought. This uh -huh. is way more than I thought. Okay. The zoom cut off on us right in the middle, but um, back to what I was talking about. I chose men's physique just because based on my proportions works out really, really well, big, broad shoulders, really. Like I was able to develop lats, like hanging lats, like, yeah, like immediately. Like, yeah. Like that, that Dorito look, like I was able to develop that like really quickly, like uh -huh. started moved from training as an athlete, playing baseball in college to bodybuilding after my freshman year, 19 years old, like had lats that were sticking out than like three, four months and like had no idea what I was doing either. It was just like free balling up between like kind of lifting as an athlete still with like that, like five by threes into uh, like actually doing like bodybuilding stuff. And like, it was like a mixture of like powerlifting bodybuilding at the, at, at the end of the day, it was like some days I'd be doing like, like I had no idea what I was doing. At the beginning. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, dude. Like it was very much like a power builder structure. My whole like first year of training, like I just kind of was like free balling it. And didn't even move to bodybuilding till I was 20, like 20 years old. And then was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Did my first show a year later. And like most people, there's like, that's so fast. But like, I, I mean, I will not say, oh, I have like 1% genetics, but I have good genetics. I'm just like, yeah, this could work for me. To be able this to do that. Yeah, me. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was my start into bodybuilding, but uh, a few notes to just wrap up um, the podcast. Um, what's about a lot. You know, just. Yeah, talked about a lot. What's one thing this year that's like a really like big focus for you? That's like away from like competing or anything like that. Like one like big thing you're since like it is a new year, and mm -hmm. I'm not the biggest on resolutions. I believe you're the same person every day, no matter what, and you can make a change whether it's April 17th or whether it's January 1st. You choose yep. the day you want to make the change. I agree. But uh, one big thing that I've been constantly just working towards that will qualify for that is opening my own gym that is something that i don't think is going to happen this year 
but here's the, here's the beauty. It's not going to happen this year, but I'm going to work my ass off every single day to making it happen. You know what I mean? And that's something yeah. that is probably years down the road that I'm still just dedicating every single day towards spending hours on a daily basis. So it's something that I'm willing to work for for years and years before it comes to fruition. But that yeah. is like, if you ask me, like, what is my largest goal? That is my absolute largest goal. Number one, other things that I'm working towards this year is going to be competing in my first show. Obviously, yeah. that's like a major, major focal point. So I want to make sure that I execute that to the best of my abilities. That is my that is my goal is execute that to the best of my abilities, show up on stage to the best package and conditioning that I can. That's all that I can ask. Yeah. So yeah, that is. And uh, another thing for the business as well, because I always like whenever I am creating goals, I like to have goals in every facet of my life, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. like I want to be improving across all dimensions rather than just sticking into one thing. So and the reason reason why that is, is like I know uh, through through my research, like I've learned that people who are extremely successful stick to one thing and absolutely kill it. But everything that I'm doing across multiple disciplines is all coming together for the same goal. So all of it's coming together for the overarching theme of having my own gym. So the physical condition of being in a bodybuilding show and getting that exposure and being able to produce content like that and checking that off of my list allows me to get to my gym. Exactly. Building up, building up inside of the club, becoming GM, whatnot, like that again is going to help me get to that overall goal. Building yeah. my online training to six figures again, helps me get to that goal. Exactly. So all of it are multiple things that I'm trying to improve, but the end goal is having my gym. Fuck yeah. Love that's it, dude. Awesome what about, idea. what about non-materialistic? Anything, mm. anything that's, that's a big one. That's crazy. One, yeah. Mindset wise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's something, that's something that I think a lot of people lose sight of is, is yeah. a lot of stuff is materialistic goals mm -hmm. and people lose sight of just like, of goals that don't and like I'm someone who like I get very lost in materialistic stuff like super easily mm -hmm. I worry about the future yeah. and like I saw a really great video today that was like the future is really not a real thing like it, mm -hmm. when you think about it it hasn't happened yet so like yeah. yes you work every single day about the future yes the future is so important but being like present like that's something that like I've just seen a lot of videos on and it's funny I actually listened to it was Chris Bumstead of all people that was talking mm -hmm. about that but like soaking in the moment and being present is something that like i feel like a lot of people i really struggle with that as mm -hmm. like not being present i, I get distant and i'm just yeah. like start worrying and like that's something like that's and i'm not talking like a materialistic goal because if i'm talking materialistic goal i've wanted my pro card for five years this is the year i'm actually saying like yeah i'm doing a national show i don't care that yeah. i get it it's to get on stage at nationals but like a non-materialistic thing i'm just like being present soaking in each and every day and making each and every day the best me I can be. Yeah. So it's funny that you say that. So my end goals, I call them um, instead of product goals, those are destination goals. So those yeah. are things that eventually I want to accomplish and get to, right? So in order to accomplish those things, I have product goals. And those product goals are things that I do on a daily basis. So those are things like every day I must exercise. Every day I must meditate. And meditation for me is 10 to 20 minutes. Every day I must read for 10 to 20 minutes and it could be a plethora of different things. So like right now I'm reading a lot about business, business management, marketing strategy, mm -hmm. copywriting strategy, different things like that. Um, so I must meditate, I must read, I must work out. And the number four requirement is that I must do my best in everything that I do. I love, I love, yeah, no, I love that. Just like your daily, your little like daily affirmation. Like I'm on, I'm on the same thing. Like Reese, like 
getting back into my meditation, getting into, I'm someone who hates reading, who hated mm-hmm. reading growing up, actually when picked up books and like have been reading, I'm just like, oh, I enjoy this. Like, I see why people like this so much. I'm just yeah. like, takes yeah, my nerd. brain, <laughs> takes my brain away from this. Yeah. And says, go read a book. Like that. I yeah. think that's, I think that's the most, and even when I said, I don't like reading, I think reading books and just like, or any informational thing that's not from, and you people read on their phone. I can't, I can't slack you for that, but like sure. reading and articles and things like that are the best tool in the world. I think. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I think. Like, and, knowledge I mean, power, and, yeah. Knowledge power. And like and podcasts do, they absolutely play a part because like you can, someone could listen to a podcast and they get a life-changing, just like mm-hmm. dang flip of a switch, just like that. Like that's the craziest yeah. part. That's the yeah. craziest part. Yeah. So yeah, those are, those are all of my process goals. And my, the way that I see the world is like, as long as I execute my process goals to the best of my abilities, I will get to my end product goals every time. Love so that. like, and you know, you actually want to know something crazy, dude. So we talk about news resolutions, creating goals, all that. I actually, when I was 12 and I began working out, I actually mapped out how I wanted the next, like all of my life to go. Mm-hmm. So like I mapped out like 20, 30 years and I said, I need to do this every quarter. I need to do this every year. And Riley, I shit you not, bro. I have not missed a single goal. And my Fuck goals, yeah. and my goals, even though I'm constantly reworking that document and like adjusting it to like small micro details, my goals have really stayed the same since I was 12. Like Fuck yeah. it's compete in bodybuilding, compete in powerlifting, build up, build up my brand, work my way up through Bethany and open my gym. I love that. I love mm-hmm. like and I'm someone who's had goals just changed just a lot mm-hmm. over the years. I was a kid yeah. who wanted to play professional baseball. And then when that dream ended, I was like, ah, I kind of like this weightlifting stuff. I'm pretty good mm-hmm. at it. I yeah. was like, I'm going to do this. And then like you, you veer away from your, your goals here and there. But like when you like refining that love for bodybuilding is like something that yeah. I'm just like, yeah, like this is something that I wanted when I was 19 years old. I was like, this is the year I get the pro when you're talking like when I'm talking like materialistic goals, I'm just like, yeah. this is the year I get the pro card. Like this is, this is my fucking year. I don't even like calling them materialistic goals, like just product goals. It's like, it's okay. This yeah. is the product that That's I'm trying to for myself. Yeah. Cause like I, there's a lot of research that people can do process versus product, but like all of like the high, high achieving, high performing individuals, like follow the process goal to get to the product goal. But yeah, it's like, I, I can tell you, I don't know anybody else that's had that type of vision for that period of time and executed it on a daily basis. Like that's yeah. really, yeah. it's really strange, really profound that like, that was my, that that's was my awesome life. though. But that's awesome yeah, like, though. I think I've known myself since a very young age and I've known what I'm capable of and I've never lost track of that. Like, I think some people, they have an idea when they're younger because you're really in tune with yourself as a young child, you know, mm-hmm. but like as life goes on and shit gets hard, we lose sight of that right exactly we talked about that yeah. so much before the podcast began but it's like i one thing is like i hold myself to like an extremely high standard and i don't think that there's anything that i can't do like and mm-hmm. i fucking will shout that from the rooftops mm-hmm. like even at a young age i was like asia you are comp- you can accomplish anything that you want to as long as you put your mind to it and if you mm-hmm. haven't accomplished something it's because you haven't put your mind to it though and all the way that you need to so I have a very like no excuses, no bullshit mentality of like, okay, if I want to accomplish something, I'm going to fucking accomplish it. And I'm going to find any means necessary to get in there. Yeah, I love, it, I love it's, that. It's not, it doesn't work. Like it doesn't work for everyone, but that's how I work, you know? Yeah. And uh, like final note here, as someone like who just talked about like being present, being present, mm-hmm. the future, like 
if you, your goals should be fucking scary, man. Like, and mm-hmm. people will take this. I'll that if I post this clip, people will take that and just be like, this is just another cheat. It's so fucking true though, because at the end it's of the day, so then you're true, just man. selling, you're you're selling yourself short. And like, like you cannot sell yourself short. At the end of the day, we do most of the time, you know, I'm someone who's very lucky. I got a second shot at life when I was 14 years old, laying on my deathbed. Yeah. Like easily could have been taken away from me, like should have been taken away from me. Um, but like, and I'm someone who's lost, like, like we all fall off the path, but it's, you can easily climb back on it. And like, to the point of dreams, to the point of dreams, like go fucking chase your dreams, man. Go have them big, go have them be scary. People, people can fucking laugh at you all you want. Fuck them. At the end of the day, fuck them. And here's the thing. People will laugh at you. People will try to bring you down. It is, it is part of the process. In my opinion, it's how the universe tests you. It's like nothing, nothing that's good comes easy. And there's going to be trials and tribulations along the way. It's staying true to the process that develops you into the person that you want to be. And again, another model that I live by, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. If your goals aren't scary and they don't, they don't make you fucking shit yourself. They don't make, keep you up at night and they don't make you work 19 hour days. Like dude, giving some context in my life, like I, I, bro, I was working every single day for years on end. And I still do like on average, I average like 16, 17 hours a day of work. And it's because it's like my goals and my vision is so scary. And I want it so bad that I'm willing to sacrifice almost everything in the way of getting there. So oh, like yeah. pe- people are going to shit on you. People are going to bring you down. That's what other people are going to do. It goes back to what we said earlier in the podcast. Don't give a fuck what other people do. Give a fuck what you do. It's all about what you do. And if you can say, yes, I'm better than I was yesterday, you're going to get to your goals every single time. And that's that. I'm going to end it just right there. Um, that was a perfect, perfect way to end it. Um, everyone who's still listening, uh, feel free to go follow me at the Diabetes Show on Instagram. Follow my personal Instagram. It's in the bio there. Everyone have AJ's Instagrams. You want to plug those really quick before we wrap it up? Shout out AJ Green Fit on every platform. AJ Green Fit everywhere. You can find me. Yeah, and I am Diabetes Show, the Diabetes Show everywhere, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, um, and uh, I can't remember my my personals. Uh, they'll, they'll be in the bio. Peace, everyone. Have a good day. Drop it. <laughs> <laughs>